Hello, everyone. I'm Lana. I'm Suze. Welcome to Black and Brown Rice. We created this podcast to share the world how we see it through our black and brown lens. We will be covering everything from civic engagement, news, and the culture as we know it, see it, and consume it. Bringing you truth, perspective, and a little laughter, too. We hope you join us for Mealtime Weekly. It's going to be delicious. It is February, so happy Black History Month, everybody. I hope your journey- power to the people. Even though Black History Month is literally every month, every day, 365, but I digress. Right, period, period. Um, But I'm very excited to see everyone's journeys for Black History Month. I mean, some people like go a little extra hard. I won't say too hard, just extra hard and like get out the galas and the head wraps and uh, wear like print for- for the next uh, 20 some odd days. But I've been seeing a lot of like educational content, people taking historical b- journeys, kind of had to head back to see like what the ancestors have been doing. And then, um, you know, coupled with like the demonstrations that have been happening, it's just been like a pretty cool balance. I was curious to see what maybe your journey was gonna be like this round, Lana. I mean, we're halfway through the month. So my journey has been a little bit different than previous. Um, I've usually like, of course, looked into black history, known facts that might not be as publicized. Um, But this year, not only am I doing that, I'm also supporting black businesses, which is something I strive to do in everything. I actually heard of a, a hack that someone had said, which was when your regular products have run out, look for that alternative in a black owned business um, to supply that product for you. So I Love recently that. purchased, um, yeah, black girl sunscreen. It's vegan and cruelty free. It's 30 SPF. Um, so I recommend that even though this is not an ad, I repeat, this is not an ad simply sharing something just yet. Right. Correct. Simply just sharing something that I've introduced to my skincare regimen um, that I'm truly liking because I've found out that SPF, even whether it's winter or summer or not, it should be a fundamental part of your skincare routine to maintain proper hydration and, and protect your skin from the elements. So yeah, there's that. And then I introduced you to that one website, My Pride Apparel, uh, yes. to get some sweatshirts because I'm all about that. Um, and then taking it to work as well, like currently working um, with an affinity group uh, to bring awareness to what's happening around us. Um, and that's really all I'll say on that. But heck yeah, yeah that's kind of what my journey has been. Well, it sounds like, and I, I think a lot of people are kind of taking the multifaceted route. Like <clears throat> I know, um, like maybe like two or three years back, I would just be like deep diving into all all history all the time and like overwhelming myself with trying to find documentaries and reading and like this is my month that I study versus like taking the time to also try and celebrate black joy and black excellence at the same time like my mom's birthday is in February for crying out loud so Mm -hmm. um so it's definitely been a balance for me of like still really wanting to maintain um support or at least just being loud about like still seeking justice for Brianna. But I've also try and learn about other historical figures that I may not know as much about. Um, And then also trying to find the black joy, which has been a component that I actually had not done during February specifically. And so 
So I hope for everyone else that your Black History Months are as resourceful and plentiful and also should be should be a celebration. I, I do want to try and make sure that we're we're celebrating and uplifting during this time. On the other side of that coin, <laughs> Black History Month still brings out sometimes the intentional worst and the unintentional worst in people uh, or mm-hmm. schools. <laughs> yeah, so really the question is, do you all think, should Black History Month be an option in student curriculum? Great question. And my immediate response is why wouldn't it be? Literally black history is the fabric of American history point blank in the period. Um, But a school, a charter school in Utah were giving parents the option to opt out of their children learning black history, which in my mind is insane. Um, They have made the decision or the statement that um, the school families will no longer now have a choice. But the fact that that was even an option back at whatever time is sort of insane to me. Uh, black history is at the core. It's the start of this country. Like how, where do you think we got here? Right. After the Europeans came onto Native American land and took over, they, they brought people from uh, another continent to come work those same fields. How could that not be important to note? You talk about it being traumatized and try living it, try representing the very thing that was the bane of everyone's existence, yet the source of everyone's income back then. That's just right. very insane to me. It, we should, it should not have to be this hard to be able to teach students about Black history, Native American history, essentially the comprehensive history that was the creation of the United States. But that's going to require taking a good look in the mirror and taking a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. I understand that like, you know, it's important to also celebrate, but it's like, dang, I mean, what are you worried that we're going to teach you the truth Mm. about the slave trade and the foundation of how the place was built and how you oppressed like a bunch of people. And maybe by learning this, you might gain some empathy and make sure we don't repeat it again. That don't sound that bad to me. I mean, honestly, though, the question becomes to your point, what exactly is it that we're hiding? What are you trying to prevent people from knowing Um, that's actually not in play now and not at the root as to why we are where we are now in today. Black history is not a political agenda. It is history. That's it. Don't try to politicize it. It's, it is what it is. And so I just thought that very interesting when I saw that article about the school stating that, oh, it was an option for parents. How is that even an option? Do you give them an option to learn about Abraham Lincoln? Do you give them an option to learn about George Washington? Like I'm, I'm not understanding Right. Plus the reality, like you said, I mean, since since settlement, I'll say since the settlement of colonies on this territory, there has always been a band of not white people serving the cause for white people to expand their own at that time empirical interests, period. So I Utah, I I don't know what you're doing. So. I mean, what I will say about that is that clearly there was some public pressure, right? Because if you if you check now, they're not doing the option anymore. They've rescinded, Correct. they've acted. So mm-hmm. there's certainly something to be said about public opinion um, and some form of power to the people that we can at least as a collective get loud enough to be like, don't ever think about doing that again. But Utah, get it together. I'm sure, I'm sure there are people who 
are still opposed to it who might even think about pulling their children out of it but i just don't understand how we could ever sit and try to litigate or debate whether or not black history because that's the thing i think in a sense by highlighting black history month we're segregating it from american history but we need to understand that black history is american history that's what that's what it is it is a subset of american history right Uh, and that's point blank in the period but i won't belabor this that's fair. That's fair. Um, the other point I wanted to bring up about the other part of Black History Month is um, the performative allyship that sometimes happens um, rather in an unintentional way. Although, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I just want to say that I I reached out to my friend who this happened to, and I was like, "Can I tell your story <laughs> to my friend Lana on our podcast?" And she was like, "Yeah." So I won't use names. But I do need you to know that this happened in Oakland. So for anyone who is like of that generalization that like one part of the country might be more progressive than the other, I need everyone to understand this happened in Oakland. So my friend is finishing her day at work. Um, They work at a school. And so mind you, they're in business clothes, mask and sunglasses. They're outside and the sun is out and they're talking to their coworker. So my friend is black, but I need everyone to understand that the only part of her body that you're seeing right now, essentially, would be her forehead. That is the only open exposed area and maybe her hands, right? So she's talking to her coworker. They're finishing out their day. Um, And mind you, this happened just a few days ago. Um, She's standing by her car. They're getting ready to say goodbye. A car pulls around, stops, slows down has the window down and looks directly at my friend and the person in the car goes hi waves over hey i just wanted to say happy black history month there's no Mm. response because my friend is like very perplexed right (laughs) and then the person in the car who at this point it's now established is white and older um an older white woman and she's like i just i just wanted to stop and tell you happy black history month and that i'm just so happy that you're getting a chance to celebrate um i'm definitely paraphrasing here so uh if my friend hears this and is like that's not how it happened i'll i'll recorrect later um but she went on to say something like i'm working on being an ally so i thought i'd just stop by and tell you that Thanks so much. I hope you have a great day and drove off. As I am perplexed and probably as perplexed as your friend was, but I, I think she thought she was highlighting the fact that someone gave us a piece of real estate uh, to, to acknowledge black history. And she probably thought that made sense. Um, I just, she would be a good person to try to educate though. And as well-intentioned as that went left, I think she would be a person I would be open to sitting down and having a discussion to understand what her thought process is, why she thought that made sense, why was that appropriate. It's equivalent to us going up on any other month of the year and saying happy white history month. Like, I don't really quite know. But at the same time, that is something that we established in this country. Black History Month, February, it's a thing. And people are seeing everything happening and trying to do whatever they think may make sense. But the fact that she stopped or rolled slowly up on somebody to tell them happy black history month is so random. Um, It was, yeah. And like my, you know, my friend was not offended, but, mm -hmm. but you know, they did say like, we would like to see reparations 
during Black History Month. If let's, you let's are put that action to work, right? Yeah, like if you are super jazzed for Black History Month, she was like, we want to see that in reparations. We want to see that in actual reform at your local city and county levels. And we want to see that in, in action-based allyship where you're actually going to speak up and say something if you witness a microaggression or if you witness racial bias in real time instead of us having to do it. So like all in all, she was just like a word to the wise, like don't walk up to any black person on the street and just be like, happy black history. Happy Month. Black history Month. Correct. Like it's not a happy birthday. And also like you wouldn't go up to a stranger and say happy birthday. So <laughs> Yeah, it's not like you're saying happy 4th of July, which that's a whole nother discussion. But like, uh, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? It's not a, it's not right. a, a, a happy MLK Day situation. If right. That's not even really a thing. So yeah, let's let me just say right now, I, I don't need anyone to tell me happy July 4th. I don't I don't need it. I don't need it. I personally don't acknowledge it, but there's that. I I don't need it. I don't need Happy Independence Day. And I'll keep that in mind for when we do this in July. And then the other thing I would just like to say, oh yeah. Before before you go on though, I think since you did say it, my thought process behind that is it is difficult for me to acknowledge or state like a happy 4th of July or happy Independence Day because everyone wasn't free then. Like we talk about that, like, and that's why I do acknowledge Juneteenth, mm-hmm. right? Um, but like 4th of July is a little bit controversial for me, not to say that it's something that I care to debate about, but right. it's just like, everyone wasn't free. And I know that might be me looking into to it too deep, but I just, I can't. Well, and it also circles back to how we were all taught about Independence Day. Correct. And I would just venture to say that if we had incorporated a more comprehensive view of our history, which means that well, we would be open and honest about Black history and Native American history and, and their part in that freedom for the United States, I'm sure we feel a little bit different about Independence Day because at least there was a comprehensive view. But was I given that choice? I would, under- I would understand its place in history, but also acknowledge the fact that that still did not apply to everyone. I think that's what I have a hard time grappling with is Mm -hmm. the fact that we talk about this Independence Day, happy Independence Day, happy Freedom Day. Yeah, you all were free to an extent, but it didn't extend to that of people who look like me. Right. right? So I I don't know why I should give it give it much thought. For real. For real. Then the other thing, it sounds like I'm being all curmudgeon during Black History Month, but I've had a lovely time. I just would also like to venture out and say that this was not the year for the MLK Jr. quotes about choosing love and not hate. I'm it sorry. Was- can I can I say that? You say this was not the year. I don't think it's never ever been the year. And we always like to forget the fact the same peaceful man quote in quotes that you all continue to quote. Mm-hmm. Um, is the same man you all assassinated. So like, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand the correlation. So yeah. yeah, no, it's never to me. We've not come as a country at any point in history to where those quotes are worth being thrown out, out of context. Sometimes I think of it as when we reference the Bible, we take stuff out of it to sort of apply to our situation. And that's how I feel about how we use MLK quotes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to hear, you don't get to be violent 364 days of the year and then come on MLK day. And granted, (laughs) violence looks at like different things, right? It could be physical. It could be verbal. It could be inaction because that in itself is a form of violence to me, right? 
And so you don't get to do that for 364 days and then come quote Mike MLK to me. You just don't get to do that. Try again later. I mean, I think this year was like an extra layer of like, wow, you really tried it. And I only say that in in specific regard to um, the Congress members of the House and the Senate who like- (laughs) They're the fool. (laughs) Who even after almost being murdered January 6th, uh, proceeded to uh, spout insanity about how it wasn't Trump supporters, a faction of Antifa, don't believe everything you hear, Trump didn't incite a riot, and then proceeds on MLK Junior Day to throw out the happy MLK, let's choose love, not hate. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Um, Speaking of Congress, uh, this happened kind of a while back. I think it's been a minute. Um, but Marjorie Taylor Greene, our in-house QAnon representative, um, was removed from her chair positions in the House. <laughs> this was um, this was after it had gotten a little viral that uh, good old Marjorie had been making hellacious uh, retweets, statements, both uh, violent and threatening towards other members of Congress, as well as just outlandishly offensive uh perpetuating outlandishly offensive theories like the uh, shooting at Parkman Douglas, um, not being entirely true, uh, enjoying and reveling in conspiracy theories about Mm. lasers from space starting fires in California. Mm. Questionable photos on Facebook with her holding a gun. Right. And AOC, Ilan Omar, and... um... Was it Ayanna Presley? I don't remember who the other person was in that um, photo. Yeah, but, if it's not Ayanna, uh, it's, don't, it's someone from the squad. I'm sorry, don't quote me on it. But the fact is, like, that was a very questionable, questionable photo. And I, they stripped her of her committee duties, which in a way was stripping her of her power. But it's funny because Trevor Noah from The Daily Show said something, and it really made me think. Is like, so we stripped her of our duties for her to work less, making the same amount of money. And quite frankly, I believe her actions should have resulted in expulsion. But I'm also talking about the same government that was um, that impeached Donald Trump twice and he was acquitted twice. At the end of the day, should we really be surprised by that? She should have been expelled. Like she is damaging. She is dangerous. Like her beliefs, her thought processes, the fact that she thought it made sense to chase an 18 year old boy or a child on the street, letting him like taunting him about his experience is insane to me right his Um, traumatic experience of like almost losing his life yeah literally and watching his friends die like get stop it just stop i mean talk about performative like the gop did this like behind closed doors apparently with reprimand and apology you know both happening behind closed doors with marjorie and then just resurfacing to the press like we gave her a stern talking to, and she's not going to do it again. And then doubling down on the fact that like everything that the Democrats are attacking her for is stuff that she held or retweeted or what have you before she held office. The reality okay. is this woman has never apologized. I watched the proceedings um, when they voted to remove her from her chair positions, and she did not say the words, I'm sorry, once. In fact, she blamed big media for allowing her to believe in such hellacious 
conspiracy theories. So Marjorie can miss me with all of that bullshit. But, and the but let's GOP talk about can that. too. Let's talk about that. She's that impressionable. Are we talking about a 10-year-old or are we talking about a 30-plus-year-old woman? Or Good however point. old she is, she's an adult. Because right? the fact that she tried to blame big media in itself is a weak defense. So you use them to form your opinions, but at the same time, the big media that you are citing as your source for this misinformation has mm-hmm. not peddled that. Right. You went to a corner of the earth where these things are bred and tried to bring it in to big media. So I'm, I'm not really understanding... Marjorie, get out of here. You literally told us that you were a successful businesswoman, that you had oh so many kids, that you're a woman of of God and that you're a Christian well well oriented family. You literally set up in the beginning of this apology that you are a well established, well educated, well versed human being. I'm not buying it. And I don't think But can we also talk about the timeline? The fact that you could literally do something and two minutes later be elected to Congress with no repercussions. Like we're not talking about this is something she did at 10 years old or 12 years old or 15 years old or hell even 19. This woman had done it like months ago. Like like they were months, weeks oh yeah between the time she did it and when she was um being being brought up on, on her uh, charges or consideration for yeah. um, losing her committee spaces, like or seats, like stop it, just right. stop. And you're right, like we shouldn't be surprised because the it's the same GOP that, like you said, acquitted Donald Trump literally this weekend, right? I mean, if, you, if you can, so, yeah. if you can have a hand in inciting a riot on your way out of office and get off for it, like the sky's the limit. Okay. I, 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 I just want to say on the, the final note about Trump's second acquittal is that Mitch McConnell mm. was really adamant mm. to delay when mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi was to allow for these articles to be introduced to the Senate. And after his speech uh, on February 13th, after the vote, after he voted not guilty, McConnell went on to say that he essentially voted the way that he did because based on the Constitution and based on how impeachment proceedings were written on this document, President or Donald Trump was no longer a president, a sitting person of power at the time of his impeachment. And it is just so conniving that this fucker essentially was like, let's delay this as far out as we can so that when Donald Trump is out of power, I can vote the way that I need to vote based on on contractual proceeding. I would love to go back and see us do this impeachment two weeks sooner, three weeks sooner. What? I would have loved to see us start the impeachment the day after January 6th happened, essentially. And I would love Mm. to see what way Mitch McConnell voted, because I think he literally set this shit up not for the GOP, but so he could save face to be able to finish out on a high note and ride that double wave. Because he spent the final moments in the proceedings yesterday condemning and essentially saying out loud that Trump was guilty for everything, but that, oh, but I can't vote that he's guilty because it says right here, it says right here on the paper in the contract that we all wrote as as a founding creation of this nation that he's not in power anymore. He's not the president. So I can't actually do that. 
Wow. Wow. Plot twist. Because that was the, the argument was, oh, we need to wait till he gets out of power. But I never got a sound reason as to why we were waiting till he got out. Because a lot of us were like, just have him impeached by 1159 on January 19th. Right. It's like, it's like Mitchie, Mitchie, what way do you want it? You said that we couldn't convict him while he was sitting as a president. Then it, all this goes down on January 6th. And you're like, well, we can't really be trying to do this impeachment Um, right now. We need to, we need to do the transition of power in the Senate. We need to delay and make sure we're ready. And now you're like, well, we can't impeach him because he's not the president anymore. Well, you know so what? But that, that's, that's why fine. I always say with them, Republicans, and especially Mitch, chess while everyone else is playing checkers. Oh my gosh, Literally, yes. You talk about someone finding a loophole like that. Like it was it was definitely definitely strategy and plot, but I digress. We're not gonna harp on uh this this one for too long. I the last thing I will say is that that the impeachment managers came in and did the damn thing, and I just want to give a shout out to our representative from uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Um, mm. She was taking no prisoners and held all the decorum. Congresswoman Stacey E. Plaskett. Oh my God, her, her cape. Oh my gosh, her cape. I just, yeah, I just can't get over it. And so besides that, I mean, have any of us been able to watch any other news besides? The answer is no, because the U.S. has basically shut out everything else but Donald Trump for four and a half years. So I'm going to need to use BBC to play catch up. Correct. And all yeah. of those sources and social media, because to be fair, that is where I find out about things happening in the world around us outside yeah. of the United States, which in itself is so traumatizing. But we still need to be over what's happening in other countries. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I mean, for all for all the flaws that Twitter has, if you if you make the choice, the well-minded jam. choice to follow credible correspondence sources. and sources, you're going to be able to get a comprehensive view of what's going on globally. So you're absolutely right. Um, in other news, I start a new job on Monday. I'm excited for you. Thank really you. Really excited. And it's work from home. It is. It's work from home. Um, and it's like a sector of human resources. So I'll probably be calling you a lot. Like, what am I doing? I don't know. I'm to happy this. to help. I'm happy um, to help. I'm very intimidated by spreadsheets, but I hear there are tutorials online. So they are. Google so is your friend. Um I did want to tell you a story. Oh, um, that's always fun. What's going on? Of, it's kind of a bummer because it was like on my last day. Um, but to preface, I've been doing a lot of onboarding since I have to start Zoom interface training on Tuesday. And so mm-hmm. I, I like had just finished the harassment course packets. Um, so maybe I was a little fresh. Maybe I like had necessary tools to, to notice what was happening. But on my last day at this previous job that I worked at we had we have an employee that you know has become my coworker, and um there's been like a dynamic of trying to build rapport and 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 trying to like well you know welcome him in and he's a new employee he's only maybe been there for like two or three weeks before I decided to leave and you know most of our conversations are about students because we work at a charter school and always of support like hey you know this family a b c and d and oh some you know some things to keep in mind for this student you know this is what we've experienced while trying to enroll them essentially really just like work stuff um you know every now and again it's like oh hey like i know you're new to the area try these restaurants but like that's really as deep as it goes um 
I mean, I don't know if this is important to the story, but I do want to say that like, I was like the only black person on site before this person was hired. So I was very excited that there was going to at least be like another black person. And then also like, that's also another person of color and we'd be able to build that community on site um, before I decided to leave. But it's my last day. Coworkers are stopping by to say goodbye, this and that. Um, and this coworker is stopping by to pick up some more equipment and everything was fine until like the very end of the conversation. Like he was teasing me about leaving and, oh, I'm going to be the only like black person left now. And I was like, well, you know, like, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> um, <you> know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but like right at the end, he kind of, he kind of just goes, well, I'm going to miss like looking at you. Like I'm sure they're going to or I'm going to miss you being at the front desk. And I was like, well, they're going to hire someone soon. And he's like, yeah, but they're not going to look like you. And then I don't know if it was the fates or just me being nervous, but I like dropped all the papers I was carrying and started picking them up and making noise and trying to ignore what's happening. But I like very blatantly hear him say like, well, I'm just going to miss looking at you because of how fine you are. And it's like a record scratch goes off in my head because we don't even know each other like that. Like we're not even friends enough to be like, hey, your body's banging or whatever. And so I'm like, what? And he was like, I just thought I'd had to sneak that in there. Just had to sneak that in there. Um, and like mentions again, something about me being fine and then leaves. And like, that was the interaction. And I was just gonna leave it. I was like, ah, it's my last day. I don't wanna touch this with a 10 foot pole. You know, if he says more things that are uncomfortable, via text I'll, I'll bring it up and then right. you know today is valentine's day for people who celebrate and valentine's day for those who aren't yeah. paired up yeah and um you know some people choose to opt in and, and and do the damn thing and it's just not one of my holidays but i get a text this morning and it's it's from this coworker. And it's Valentine's Day cards, like happy Valentine's Day emojis with like cartoons and hearts and like blowing kissy faces. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm not, hey, I'm not into the holiday. I don't celebrate it. I don't even say like, but thank you, which is typically where I go to like shut a, something down that's uncomfortable. And like, it's just this awkward back and forth where he was like, well, I was just trying to send you something that I, to I was trying to send you something that to show you that I care, you know, something to show that like I cherish the people around me. I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day. And I was like, well, I'm not really into it. So no thanks. And he writes back like, well, I, it's just a nice thought. So if you if you don't want it, that's fine. Have a good Sunday, I guess. And I knew I could have left it there. But like the culmination of like, the thing that happened on my last Party. day at work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I need to say something. This is so uncomfortable. And so I kind of dove in and was just like, well, you know, I just don't think that this is how our dynamic was going. And honestly, it was pretty platonic before you made the comment about like making an opinion about my body in a workplace. And I was like, that was kind of a bummer. I kept it that casual. And like, it's not like it got defensive, but like it got a little gaslighty of like, well, if you took my compliment out of text context, yeah. then classical non-apology, non, yeah. not admittal to any fault. Yep. Yeah. And he was like, well, if you took it out of context, then I apologize. And, and he was like, and if you notice those cartoons that I sent you, they weren't kissing like. 
Yeah, you're splitting hairs because so when you look at it, just from me look at evaluating this from an HR perspective, you have the incident that happened on Friday where yeah. he made that unwanted comment to you. Okay, fine. You could have let that die. But then he followed back up, which tells me he's trying again and not getting or purposely choosing not to acknowledge the fact that you're not into it. Not sure if he was looking for you to explicitly state, hey, I'm not into this. Um, yeah. and that, and leaving it there, but then he tried to come back with sort of trying to excuse himself out of his behavior. Yeah. Um, I would say it's probably not the first time he's done it. It won't be the last. And he looks for people to either buy into what he says or just choose to ignore it. But situations like that are always tricky because what happens then is say you had stayed and you went ahead and made a complaint. His response probably would have been along the lines of, well, she didn't say anything or um, right. didn't make me think like what I was doing was wrong. And, or I just meant this in a truly platonic setting. I was just merely giving her a compliment on her outward appearance. I said nothing really about her body or anything like that. It's just the fact that I thought that she was fine. She was a, a pretty woman. I, I didn't know that was an issue. Um, and then right. also thinking about protected classes as well and what that what that may look like. So he would probably go with a plausible deniability defense for sure, but definitely something that's uncomfortable and something that is a form of uh, workplace harassment. It may not be sexual, but it's still unwanted attention, which is by definition what harassment is. Right. And like, you know, I mean, I bring it up because I feel I feel like there's a lot of a lot of people who experience this in the workplace, regardless of gender, who are just like, I, if I bring this up, one, yep. one, I'm sure that I'm gonna, I'm sure that HR is gonna ask me, oh, have you, have you let this person know that this made you uncomfortable? Correct. And have they stopped since then? And so if you haven't done that initial point, one, it's gonna be hard to make a claim. Two, you, you know, unfortunately, and to 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 be able to like produce like a viable claim if it got that bad you would have to show like the continuation of it happening after you have very explicitly set the boundary so, right so what i would say though is it's in it's hard but not necessarily impossible when mm. you go to hr and you make a statement like this has happened granted there's a chance they may not go to be able to go beyond anything from what you said, but you, what you've done, what you've done is sort of put the business on notice, like, Hey, yeah. like from the inception. So then something else happens again and it's compounded and you then tell them, cause at that yeah. second time, you're probably going to say, Hey, like, I'm not comfortable with this, blah, blah, blah. Then you go to HR and you're like, this happened again. This time I did explicitly express the fact that I'm not comfortable with what he's been saying, what he's been doing. And then, or she, he or she um, has mm -hmm. been doing, and then they go from there. So even if it's just like an FYI, just the note, just the momentum, just, just a, a, a memento of what happened, it's important that you're giving HR as much um, insight in real time because what yeah. happens though in cases is like, okay, so that happened this month. Then something doesn't happen again for another month. And then you're like, well, last month he did this. And then this one, it's not going to be bad, but I think by keeping HR abreast, even if their action might be minimal or they might not be able to, because the other thing you don't know is you're not sure if someone else has reported him, right? Right? Because yeah. like someone else could have said something and HR couldn't really go anywhere, but now you've said something, right. probably not even having talked to that person. And now they're able to like form some correlation between like, okay, well, one person is questionable, but it's two people who don't know each other or haven't don't appear to be friends or have any connection who are saying the same thing, we yeah. may have something to look into. And then you become one of the witnesses in 
in what seems to be like a bigger story. So my advice to anyone with that going through that in the workplace is to speak up. I know it is difficult. I understand like you put yourself at a disadvantage and it's sort of vulnerable when you go and make that statement because it feels like the burden of proof then lies on you to provide. But like you just never know what else is happening and what you could be allowing to manifest in your, in your workplace, um, by not saying anything. Right. Right. And I mean, you know, this, this one, this one felt super, well, one, this was the first time I had to practice both engaging and setting a boundary in the workplace with harassment. Cause I've never done it before. Um, and then also it's tricky because I've already resigned from the job. Like I, right. I gave my That's final, true. but you know, so I, I, be I an ended FYI up- though. That's true. Your yeah. way out. Something to watch out for. Like, I know it's a new hire and it's easier for to say, well, it, he would probably may have just been talking to me. So I'm like, I'm not really worried about it, but you never know what else he could be doing to other people in yeah. there as well, making it uncomfortable. And at least now, like you're not, you may not be taking out a formal complaint, but you're putting the work on notice like hey just just something you may want to look out for they shouldn't be following him around or anything like that but just an fyi so if someone does come to you stating that you have they have that in the back of their mind well suzanne did let us know like something was a bit off so like let's keep that that's Um, fair and then like oh the there's the component that like okay one he's he's older like he's in his 60s and he's reinventing the wheel in terms of the workplace and so I'm aware that like it's not like he's tenured and has like a long financial track record like he just took like you know a first year level you know job at this school and also like he's a black man and he's going to be the only black man working at that school for the foreseeable future and I'm very concerned about adding another layer of like setting him up to fail and you know and see that's where that comes in as well because like yes our blackness definitely bonds us and we want to make sure we're there for the for for everyone but specifically we're always we're rooting silently for the people that look like us however it should not excuse that behavior um like and so he should not get a pass because of that and so that that's where that is i think that's what ultimately weighs out the fact that you know he's a minority or there are not many people like him in that area. I think oftentimes that's a, that's a common trap that we fall into. Like, yeah. Oh, he's a black. I mean, we could go back to Clarence Thomas, right? Like oh my his God. tale, but we're not going to, we're not going to do it, but I'm just using him <sighs> as an example. Right. Clarence. Yeah. Um, who still sits on the Supreme court, but that's neither still. here nor there. Uh, so yeah. So that's yeah. kind of my take on, on your situation for sure. Okay. So that's a good point. I, you know, I, I still know the director of human resources and I, you know, I can certainly in an informal way kind of be like, I just want to put this on your radar for, you know, just a takeaway. Um, yeah. yeah. <sighs> I just really thought I wouldn't have to be dealing with this in my thirties. I know, but, but welcome, welcome to HR. Uh, what yeah. that looks like. Yeah, so we'll definitely see. But um, yeah, sure. harassment in the workplace, guys and correct, gals and correct. everyone who identifies in between, it is ever ongoing and ever happening. So definitely practice boundaries and HR is your advocate. I Man, that's all I have to say about that. Yes, we are. Yeah.
So what else has been happening in February? Oh, the Super Bowl, which was... I didn't watch it, so I don't know what to tell you. I got nothing for you. Well, okay. I'll be short and I'll be brief. Um, One, again, <laughs> I'm very sick and tired of my white friends telling me that I'm supposed to like The weekend. I, I just was saying that I don't listen to the music that often and... and He's okay, okay, but I don't... Like, I don't really... Like, I, I'm not in love with him. Like, I, right. I, I could take him or leave him. I haven't Again. heard anything from him in ages, actually, but I, I that's was neither like, here nor there. Yeah, I was like, I just, again, I, I think it's all right. Um, the the Kansas City team lost and Tom Brady. I was really for some KC. I, I really know. was. Travis Kelsey, I was rooting for his team. I know. Actually, it's double. It's it, the reason, even though I don't watch football, I don't really believe in the sport. Uh, <laughs> hate me later. But I... Um, <laughs> I was for the Kansas Chiefs because one, they were opposing um, the Buccaneers, which is led by Tom Brady. Yes. And then two, Travis Kelsey is fine. So <laughs> that yes. there's that. So I'm, I'm, I'm for him <sighs> um, and the team, but uh, very unfortunate Same. that they lost. Yeah, it was it was pretty heartbreaking, and it it wasn't even that close of a game. And at um, all, it was a blowout. It was literally like a high school team came and played a oh. um, college team. I was I so confused. And I was like, I what just- happened? <laughs> and I just I didn't want Tom Brady to be right you know like he was so adamant that he was going to be able to win his first year out and that it wasn't the Patriots that brought him the Super Bowl that it was him and I'm mad that he's right but I just want to say the Buccaneers defense was absolute fire they are a powerful machine so like props to them but I am not giving one iota of attention of that win to Tom Brady or Antonio Brown. They can miss me both. And I don't care if Tom doesn't have a MAGA hat in his locker room anymore. He did. And I have the receipts and I'm good. It'll be the hill that I die on. So don't ask me to compromise. Yeah, I'm, I'm team cap. Um, no cap, no NFL. So there, there's, there's that. That's my, I, that's my, that's on that. And also, the I did not count how many times it happened, but the NFL was word vomiting. Uh, Look at how inclusive and diversive we are at every turn there. They, uh, Alicia Keys sang the uh, black national anthem at the beginning. And I was uncomfortable. I can't even performative. I can't even count how many commercials there were about essentially the NFL being like, see, we love black people. Um, never once did they actually talk about hiring Kaepernick back. So like, again, you can miss me with all of that. And Amanda Gorman's poem was like maybe two minutes. Like I, I blinked and she was gone. So <laughs> I, I do love some Amanda though. So rooting for her always. Yeah. Like, but I was but bummed. I was Super Bowl. I, I was, I was like, we just got like seven to eight minutes of you um, during the inauguration day. And then the NFL was kind of like, yeah, here's a poem, blip, gone. So yeah, so that was the Super Bowl. Um, oh my gosh. So I can't remember if you have Disney Plus, but- I do the- have Disney Plus. I'm all about yes. that. But Cinderella girl, mm-hmm. Okay, so you saw that the yeah. Rodgers and Hammers I came out. Absolutely, I'm definitely showing my age with that, but I was too happy. Brandy killed it. That entire cast killed it. The songs, Whitney, God rest her soul, killed it. I just loved it. That's my that's my movie for sure. One, I've just realized that we had a black princess before we had a black princess, and we just didn't realize it because 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 back then we weren't thinking. We didn't see color. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like all that time I was like, when is Disney going to make me a story about a black girl? But essentially they made a cartoon Tiana talking about hair and she was a frog for the majority of the movie. Let's not uh, even talk about that. I know. I I do watch it. (laughs) I I mean, I've watched it twice. I still have really no space and time for it. Um, But (laughs) very excited to dissect (laughs) it later. Tell me how you really feel. how you really feel i just ah, i just i'm just saying i don't understand why we didn't have like an african princess for that storyline that's i just that's that's all i have to say about that i don't know maybe that no you know what i take that back because they would have fucked it up because they fucked up pocahontas so anyway back to rogers and hammerstein cinderella um one the 90s special effects I was here for all of that. I had forgotten that Whitney floats. Uh, Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the movie. If you haven't seen it, it's been out since 97. Save yourself. Um, It was also airing free on YouTube. That's exactly why I watched it prior to it coming on Disney+. Plus. I forgot how much she, I forgot how much she floated in this film. And let me just say the closeout of this movie, Whitney is on top of the castle singing her final song, her final rendition of, of Cinderella um, on top of uh, King Stephen's castle. I was here for it, but I have something problematic to say. Brandy's acting was the weakest link for me. Look, let me just let you know, this came out in 97. We were children. We loved it. Let's just memorialize that and not try to dissect. I'm not asking for you to dissect it in I hear what you're saying. But I don't need I was... you to dissect it. Just leave it alone in Black History. <laughs> let it be right there and let us move on because what you're getting ready to do, what you're finna do is dissect something and look at something way too closely. Okay, I'm gonna just let, leave it. Am I Suzanne? though? Suzanne, I'm telling you right now. Leave it alone. Okay. And no one is worried about your analysis on her right. acting. Okay? We're just going to bask in the fact that it's alive and well. It's nine, It's it's 2021. The children can watch it. See a Cinderella that looks like her regardless of her acting abilities. We've seen worse acting. Okay? We're going to leave Brandy alone. Okay? Next. Um, okay, I'll tell you about the things I love then. Um, uh, one, it's Whoopi Goldberg for me every single time. Whoopi uh, is that is that person? I she, do like Whoopi. God, it, it's every 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 single time I'm I'm committed for her um, performance. It was uh, bittersweet to see Miss Natalie in her um, role as the stepsister, just because um, she's another black actor that we lost to colon cancer and like way too mm-hmm. early. Um, Correct. Um, yeah, I'll I'll put my actor box away and and say I, that like, no one asked I, for that. <laughs> I have a I have a problematic statement like, or unpopular opinion. Just, no one, Suzanne. I'm no, no one cares. I know. No one know. cares what you got to say. So let's move on. We're you're not going to talk about this. You're We're not, not debating this. You're We're not, not wrong. Um, also, that where it is. Also, um, Whitney Houston's entire outfit. I think I've seen it on RuPaul's Drag Race. So she was clearly, she clearly she's became like a drag queen icon. Yeah, she clearly- She was an inspiration for, she's Whitney. I know. I saw an yeah. interview with her where, I think it, was it Diane Sawyer interviewing her on 60 Minutes? I don't remember who the host was, but they were asking her, basically trying to get her to admit that she did drugs. And they were like, do you do crack? And she was like, crack is whack. And I was like, <laughs> oh, good old- No, it's funny. Miss Houston. Rest were they were they gonna ask Prince that question? Were they gonna ask um, Tupac Anybody? that question? Were they gonna ask 
Lionel Richie that question? Were they going to ask Ray Charles that question? Would they ask that ever of a black prominent musician who's a man? Or anybody who no. wasn't a black woman? That's the answer. Yeah, anyway, the let's no. move on. <laughs> Whatever. I still love Whitney. Did you get a chance to watch One Night in Miami? I did. Um, oh, God. One, Regina King. Um, well done. Is a goat. Oh, my Lanta. I'm... I'm just, um, yeah, whatever else she's got in the works, like I'm ready for it. Let's just go ahead and put hit the green light and and bring up the release date because I'm ready. Um, that cast was... Mm, star-studded. Yeah. Starting um, with Aldis. Love him. Aldis Hodge. Oh my gosh. Thank I, you. Just, I, heard, I heard a rumor that you like Leslie though. Leslie can sing. That's well, so... So what's interesting is that, you know, I saw Hamilton and uh, I I, I was kind of like being all in my feelings about the fact that like Leslie was getting uh, boxed in as like the villain because he just decided to play Aaron Burr. And for me, I'm like, listen, Aaron Burr was the lead. I understand that the musical is called Hamilton, but Aaron Burr was our storyteller. He was our MC. He was the person who actually kept the whole story going and he had the most vocals. So I stand for Leslie. And I didn't, I didn't know the, the dynamic of um, all of those relationships really until I saw One Night in Miami. And honestly, it was like, some some of it was like really hard to hear because we're still experiencing it. Like a lot of the oh, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about the movie. If you haven't seen it, skip this part. The conversations back and forth between like the characters like Malcolm X and Sam Cooke, that was like really great to see, but like really heartbreaking to know that like we're still having to do that. Like the back and forth of like our people are dying in the streets. I need you to use your platform and I need you to speak up and say something. And the fear of like, I can't do, I, I, no one's going to listen to me or I can't do that. Or who are you to tell me how I navigate using my platform? Because Sam Cooke was also like utilizing it in other ways prior to that song coming out. Oh, ain't nothing changed but the year. Um, yeah. One night in Miami was just, yeah, it was fabulous. It was fabulous. Um, Wonderful. The, also the action thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was on the list, but it always helps that like we get to talk about it on the podcast. It's my motivation. <laughs> um, also, the actor who played Muhammad Ali um, also is in Riverdale, and I will never stop telling people to watch Riverdale. Is he really in Riverdale? Yeah. I might give it a watch. <laughs> I might give it a watch. He's that's in, the case. I think it's season four or something yeah, you need to right? be very specific with the season the episode because you know sometimes we don't last the whole season like i very need to chill. know where we are like is it <laughs> season four episode four to eight if that's the case let me know and yes. i will watch yeah i will, I will definitely take a look um the last thing that i will say about one night in miami is that the song that sam cook sings at the end oh, i think i'm gonna mess up the title yep i almost messed it up um a change is gonna change come. is gonna come that song that's everything well, I thought I was going to name it Change Gonna Come, and that's actually the lyric, not the title. Ugh, I have such trouble remembering song titles. But you have trouble remembering trouble. most anyway. things. But that song um, at the end, uh, I've heard that song a million times before, but putting it in that context, I mean, I'm never going to hear it the same way ever again. And now it'll be really painful to listen to, but whatever, I am better for it. And I'm still going to listen to it. And cry. That's my that that song is 
everything. I'm still pertinent. So yeah, um, I'm trying to think what else we've been watching. What else have you been watching? Um, I start. I've watched. Started watching Married at First Sight season twelve. Uh, it's a wait, little wait, insane. wait, wait. Yes, yes, and I'm going to recommend it to you because I need you to look out for a particular couple on there just to watch the behavior and what you witness. Because I'm hooked. In fact, my sorority sisters and I actually have a group chat, and I also have another group chat with my cousins to discuss the goings ons in this show. So okay, more to come there. Um, I let you I, know. I need you to back what? up because back I up. don't I don't even know what you're talking about. What Married network is this? Sight? What network is this Lifetime. show on? Is this a reality show? It's a reality show. Oh. So okay. the premise is strangers marry each other, and that's the first time they see one another is at the aisle. And then they go through a period of what, six to eight weeks. They go on a honeymoon, then they live together for a while. The cameras follow them around and you get to follow them on their journey, either in or out of love. Um, so there's that. Wait, so they don't even know who the person is before they get married? How did they figure out who no. they're marrying? Who, when who they walked down this aisle. Who decided that they're marrying this human? Did they take out an ad? So the experts, you have, you have, the, oh, you, got you have what you call the ex. Yep. So it's a, um, so a, a doctor in sociology, another expert. I don't remember what her particular field is. This and is then cool. um, a pastor. So they based, like you fill out a form clearly, and they try to match people based on their personalities and how they interview and whatnot. It's quite interesting, quite an interesting concept, but we're on season 12 right now. I didn't really give this show a watch before. I kind of was just like this, there's nothing about this premise that <laughs> entices me to want to view it. Uh-huh. But um, one of my coworkers finally, like she said something and I finally was like, well, let me give it a shot. Oh, I know what she said. She was like, Lana, I'm going to sign you up for it. And I was like, <gasps> okay, girl, sure. Whatever you say. <laughs> so let me go actually look and see what this is about. And so I did. Um, and I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. This is a lot more depth than I originally thought this experiment about okay so i'm on season 12 right now i didn't watch all 11 seasons prior i did go back and watch season 11 um but this season follows five couples but there's one couple in particular where the guy is just off the chain um and the woman remains with him so like literally there's only been five episodes that have aired and he has brought his whole ridiculous self in every one of those episodes so like in the first episode he talks basically alludes to the fact that the woman is in her type he lets her know on the wedding day that a couple months ago he was engaged um in the second episode the night after he basically tells her that you know he doesn't really find her attractive or that that's <gasps> not his type after he slept with her not once <gasps> but twice in the next episode he's telling her that his ex fiance is pregnant so it's just a lot that he's taking you through um so i say yeah definitely definitely watch it um okay if, if you care if you care to yeah care to i will look dive at it. in um yeah. i will dive in i'm i will definitely take a gander because oh i'm already fired up and i haven't even turned on the tv so okay so adding married at first sight to the list oh god can i just ask is it the interracial couple is he gonna fuck this up Oh no, it's not it's not the interracial couple. They're a black couple. Is he the guy with like the hair? Literally, Chris and Paige is only one Chris on the show. Oh, I found him. Oh, that goatee is a problem. What is that on his face? Yeah. So what is that? that? So yeah, there's that's my current watch. And then interesting. And I wonder why she's not his type. 
um, he's used to something different. He doesn't really explain what that looks like, but okay, well, I'll find out. To delve in, I'll find but out. Another uh, movie that came out was Malcolm and Marie. Um, so that's your homework for next time. Please watch it so we we can talk about it okay. um, next time. Okay. And then on a light light note, Prince Harry and Meghan are expecting their second child. I low key love this couple because they are so low key. And yeah. like I, them leaving, them leaving England, yes, leaving the monarchy or however you say it, is was probably the best thing for them. I like yes. the fact that they live their little quiet life, minding their own little business. They're cool. I love Agreed. them. Wishing them the best. Agreed. Because you know what? One, Harry did not ask to be born into that. And then when he asked Megan to join him on that journey, she gave it the try. A go. She, she did. She did. And he was like, and I, and he's a very good example of someone who was like, look, I may have been born into this, but you are who I love. And I yes. will happily choose you over this any day of the week. Right. Like I will leave. Not to mention like, he's not up he's in not line in anytime line soon. Right? Like he's like eighth he's or something. Like, it's not even, it's cool. He's yeah. good. I'm very happy for them. Oh, mm-hmm. well, the last thing I just want to say is happy lunar new year. Um, that is also happening right now. Um, Sometimes it's just called Chinese New Year, but this is something that I'm learning, which is that multiple Asian communities celebrate. And so it's better to just go ahead and say Happy Lunar New Year. Um, It's the year of the ox. And I only bring that up because it's an element of earth and it usually um, stands for stability. And oh my gods, we could use stability this year. So I am leaning in. And by leaning in, I mean, I am not deciding to celebrate Lunar New Year myself. Um, I... And making sure that for at least the next seven days um, that I'm super mindful of uh, supporting local businesses, either through um, buying products or ordering takeout from our local um, community restaurants here. Um, I've also like found a couple of pretty good sites on or pages on Instagram who are uh, activists, but also artists who have been incorporating their media into their activism, which I just think for right now, um, especially while we're still going through COVID, um, it's kind of important because there's been a spike in violence, specifically here in Oakland. There's been a lot of attacks in Chinatown. Um, Mm, I heard about that. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I, I don't think it takes anything away from Black History Month. I just think that like it's it's a it's a moment to maybe show white people how to do it. Yeah, gonna say that. Because uh, the last thing that I've been doing as a part of Lunar New Year is that for any of my friends um, of the Asian communities that are celebrating, I'm sending them, you know, the appropriate gift. I don't have the red envelope, but you send money and like good tidings and coins um, for like wealth and wellness during the new year. Um, a lot of other holidays also do that. And then Nigerians always give money. So if anyone is here to give money, it's definitely me if I can afford it. Um, So yeah, so happy Lunar New Year, everybody. Maybe try some of those actions. And then I don't know, next Black History Month, try to do some reparations and contributions yourself. Or Juneteenth, it's not too late. Can't wait for that this year. It's gonna be lit. It's going to be a party. Do you think we'll get to like see each other in person for Juneteenth? I don't know. You tell me. <sighs> well, I am getting my second dose of vaccine soon. Are you going to so get vaccinated? vaccinated? 
as soon as it's possible. I absolutely do because I believe in science and that is a controversial topic. I know some people have feelings about it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm full. You full? Yes, absolutely. We talked about a lot. Yeah, we did. Well, thanks for chilling with us on Black and Brown Rice. I hope y'all enjoyed the meal. Yay. Thanks, guys. <laughs>